Our scripture this morning is coming from the book of First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians five. Chapter five. Twelve and thirteen. Okay. Okay. Thank you for standing as for the reading of God's word. Still hear a few pages turning. I'm going to give you a moment or two. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 and 13. This is the Apostle Paul's final, final advice. Okay. And uh, I'm going to be reading uh, the New Living. N- need a second? 12, verses 12 and 13. Okay. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the, in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. Amen. May God add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his work. Yeah. 
Amen, church. It's good to be here before you one more time. Thank you for the the prayers that you prayed for my family while we were out last week in Houston funeralizing my sister-in-law. Just thank you, Lord, for traveling grace going there and traveling grace making it back. And then this weekend, my niece, whose mother... Uh, that we feel like is, uh, has gotten married. She got married yesterday. So, so it was a blessing. We had a funeral celebration and then we had a wedding celebration. Amen. 
Amen. God is good. Now the Bible says, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of me. Uh, y'all ain't with me. Y'all, y'all still, I'm not, they must be cold in this place today. We've come here to praise and honor our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. I won't be long before you. The word of God that God has given me this morning, I thought I'd stick with the uh, steam. And I was giving this title. It says, Why Honor Our Leaders? Why Honor our leaders. Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Yeah, yeah. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy, holy, holy is thy name, Heavenly Father. There is none like you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you this morning, Lord, for this opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father. Father, thank you, Heavenly Father, for celebrating our pastor's anniversary this morning with him and with his family. Heavenly Father. Father, thank you for all the ones that are gathered here today. Lord, thank you for all the ones that may be watching online, Heavenly Father. Father, we ask you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, remove me out of the way, Lord, and let you say and teach what thus saith the Lord. Lord, let it all be about you and none about me, Heavenly Father. For we've come to give you the glory, the praise, and the honor, Lord. We thank you, we praise you, we magnify you. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 So the uh, scripture, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 through 13 from the New Living Translation. And it reads, Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. It says, honor those who are leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, the context we want to use honor in today, which means to regard or treat someone with admiration and respect, to regard or treat with honor, to give special recognition to, because there's different kinds of honors, right? You can be an honor guard, you can be an honor road student, but this is the one that we're talking about, about treating someone with respect and admiration to, or to give special attention to. Now, I'm just going to mess with you just a little bit, not too long, just, just a little bit this morning. You know, now when it comes time for us to have the, the pastor appreciation or to honor our leaders, you know, some people may say or think, why should I honor the pastor? Some may even say, the pastor does not deserve to be honored. Some may venture to say, what has the pastor done for me that I should honor him? How can I honor someone I do not respect? Some people think the pastor don't do very much and they get a 
fat paycheck. You know, this, this is how we think. This is how people think. I'm talking about folks in the church now. Some of you throw shade on the pastor or the leaders. Said, why are they pastor that I, I did not choose to be my pastor? You know, these are some of the things that people say or people deal with when it comes time for a pastor appreciation. Now, I don't think there are people here at Zion Baptist that would say or think these things, but, but that's what some people think. My advice for anyone that thinks this way is to pray to the Lord God and ask him to give you guidance and direction. Maybe you at the wrong church. I'm going to leave him alone, Pastor. I'm going to leave him alone. Now let's talk about some of the qualifications that makes a great leader or a pastor. When a pastor or a leader possesses these qualities, there's no doubt in my mind that they deserve to be honored. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 10 from the New Living. Paul writes this letter to Timothy. He says, this is a trustworthy saying. If someone aspires or desires to be a church leader, he desires an honorable position. He said, it's an honorable, it's an honor to be a pastor or a leader of the church. It's not right, it's an honor. So a church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. His life must be above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. It didn't say wives. It said wife. That means what? So he must exercise self-control. You know, the, the pastor can't have a girlfriend or honey on the side. You know, he also has to have self-control. You know, you know, I, I've been in some, some meetings here at Zion Baptist Church. But when I first joined here, you know, I've I seen some things, man, I thought we were about to fight in the meeting. That's how the, the meeting got out of control, where the deacons and the trustees and the pastors like, man, I thought we were about to fight up in there. I said, man, this, I, I had never seen nothing like that, you know, coming from the south. With my father, the I was like, well, I didn't see, I hadn't seen that before. That It shocked me. It's like people could act. That way inside of the house of God. He said a pastor must have self-control. So that means what? So he knows how to control his voice. He knows how to control his anger. Even though sometimes, you know how we be, man, we church folks might get on their last day. But you know, we church folks hard to deal with. I'm going to leave y'all alone. Y'all ain't with me this morning. You know how you are. A pastor must live wisely. Live wisely. And have a good reputation. You, you follow me? Well, who wants a pastor when you hear, you're talking to your friends and people that go to other churches, they say, man, I saw your pastor at the club last night. You know, where I'm from, it's a movie that we had this pastor. He would always have a suit on on Saturday, and they would call him Disco Pastor. Because on Saturday he was at the disco club. <laughs> and on Sunday he was in church, so they'll call him disco pastor. See, a pastor should not have that type of reputation. He must enjoy having guests in his home. See, a pastor is hospitable. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of Abraham, you know, in 
Abraham, Genesis uh, 18, you know, when, when God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah said, Abraham saw three men. And he saw them and he went and he ordered them. Now, I don't know what it was about them that Abraham saw, but he ran out and honored these three men, invited them to his home. He said, he said, you know, stay here for a while. Let me fix y'all something to eat. You follow me? So he was hospitable to strangers. So y'all ain't with me. See, a pastor is a friendly man. You follow me? They are hospitable to people they don't even know. That's what a good pastor does. A good pastor must be able to teach. You follow me? A pastor must be able to teach the word of God. You know what the Bible said about Abraham? He said, he said that Abraham would train his household. He would teach him. You follow me? Who God is. That's what a good pastor does. He's going to train his own house and he's going to train the church house. It says in verse 3, he must not be a heavy drinker or violent. Now, some people say, well, the pastor should drink nothing, no alcohol at all. But that ain't what he said. <laughs> it said he must not be a what? Heavy drinker. That means he don't get drunk. <laughs> you follow? He don't let the alcohol control him and start talking for him. Oh, no, ain't with me. And he must not be Violence. You know, I've seen some violent people. You know, I, he didn't say he can't get angry. He said he must not be violent. You follow me? See, see, a pastor can't get angry, but he shouldn't get so angry that he won't lay his hands on you. You follow me? He can't be a violent person. Don't you know they hit Jesus? They spit on Jesus? He never said a mumbling word. You follow me? He wasn't a violent man. A pastor must be the same. He said he must be gentle. Huh. Not quarrelsome and not love money. See, there's something wrong when we have a, a pastor or leader that's not gentle. You know, the Bible says a, a soft answer turns away wrath. But grievous words stir up anger. So all it's saying is that Sometimes you might make me angry, but I'm still going to talk to you in a calm, normal tone. Because if you start shouting, I start shouting, who knows what may happen next? So he must be gentle, not quarrelsome. He doesn't like to be arguing about things. Because a lot of things we argue about in the church are trivial. How much money the pastor get? How much they going Pay this speaker. You know, it's small things that we argue about that doesn't have any worry. See, a pastor doesn't love money. Something wrong if you have a pastor leader that's always talking about money. Wants to know how much money's in the bank, how much money you spending, wants to know all kinds of things about where the money is going. You follow me? See, a pastor should not love money. Now he needs money, right? He got to support a family. <laughs> right? Just like you need money. I need money. You need money. But if all I think about, I'm going to take on the way, then there's something wrong. He said he wants to manage his own family. Well, having children who respect 
and obey him. See, see, a good pastor, they manage their family well. Their family don't disrespect him. His children are, are not disrespectful to adults. You, you, you follow, y'all ain't with me here. You, you follow me, I said, I said, I remember my father was a pastor, but I knew I should not say certain things at school, <laughs> at home, on the streets. Because I thought it was a small town. They knew who my daddy was. <laughs> Say something that was out of order, it gets back to the mom and dad. Right. You follow? But, but a good pastor, so he let his own family well. That child knows. I'm not representing me. <laughs> I'm representing my pastor, my mom. <laughs> I'm representing us, the family. So I got to be careful how I conduct myself. Right. And children don't disrespect their father, right? You know? See, a pastor's children should never disrespect him. I never once thought about disrespecting my daddy. <laughs> you get bothered. I don't care how bad it is, you don't care what he said. I was not going to disrespect him and say something I shouldn't say. You follow? A pastor manages his household well. Because the Bible says in the first five of first Timothy chapter three, for if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? You follow me? He has to know how to manage his house in order to know how to manage your church. It says, a church leader, verse 6, must not be a new believer because he might become proud and the devil would cause him to fall. He said he can't be a new leader. You see, when you're uh, a pastor, you know, you don't want a, a very new leader or a new Christian is because why? They might become arrogant. Say, say, look at me, man. I've just been here six months. Look at where I am. You, you follow me. So you want someone that knows God and that is humble. You follow me. First chapter says, also people outside the church must speak well of him so that he would not be disgraced and fall into the devil's trap. See, even on the outside, I'll pass it all on the outside. He helped us with this committee or that committee. So on the outside, they know our pastor. And they speak well of The people that I met, they always speak well of pastor. I have never heard no one I met on the outside speak bad about our pastor. He said, in the same way, the deacons must be well respected and have integrity. See, even the deacons have to have respect. And it's who won't deacon at their church who's always being talked about on the outside of the church? The problem, there's a problem with that, right? Makes our church look bad. Because the deacons, they must not be heavy drinkers either. Or be dishonest with money. So look at that, they got the same kind of qualification that they have there, don't you? follow me? And then, Verse 9 says, they must be committed to the mystery of faith now revealed and must live with a clear, clear conscience. See, they got to be committed to this thing. The pastor and the deacons got to be committed in this ministry, committed to this church. Verse 10 says, before the deacons are appointed, let them be closely examined. If they pass the test, then let them 
become deacons. So we got to have a test, right? We got to test them and see if they are worthy to become deacons. You know, some people just want to be a deacon or a pastor just for the authority that they get. They they want to be because they want to serve, not understanding that the pastor and the deacons are the main servants of the church. Oh, y'all ain't with me. You see, good leaders possess these qualities. Titus even repeats the list. In Titus chapter 1, verses 5 through 9, he talks about the same thing about leaders having a good reputation. They can't be wild or rebellious. They must manage God's household and live a blameless life. They can't be arrogant or, or, or quick-tempered. Titus gives us that same definition that was given in Timothy. Who would not want to honor a pastor leader and have these qualities? Everyone should want to honor a pastor or a leader that have these qualities. Now let's talk a little bit about what the words say about honoring pastors and leaders. This is what it says in Hebrews 13 and 17. It says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Huh. <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> That's what the word said. In Hebrews 13 and 17, it said, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Give them reasons to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. Now the NIV says it this way. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority. Because sometimes in the church, you know, you don't have confidence in our leaders. You don't have confidence that they are leading the church in the right direction. That they are doing the ministries that you would like for us to do. We don't have confidence in their authority to lead the church. And there's something wrong with that. But the word of God says we got to have confidence in our leaders. So meaning you have to entrust them and believe that they are going to lead us in the right direction. You follow me? No one goes into a battle without a leader. Huh? Someone is leading the battle. Joshua led the battle in Jericho. They had a leader. You follow me? It says in Hebrews 13 and 17, because, in the, from the NIV, because they keep watching over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy and not a burden. For that would be of no benefit to you. You follow me? We all, if, if you have, a, if you are an employee, you work for somebody. So that means somebody is your leader, your supervisor, or your boss, right? And and when you work for your boss, you got to submit to their authority, right? <laughs> right? They tell you what time you should be at work. 
But that is the Now, if you can submit to their authority, surely you can submit to the pastor of this church authority. You can submit in the secular world, surely you can submit inside God's house. Because we want our pastor to have joy. And we want to be a joy, not a burden to our pastor and our leadership, right? It's hard to, to pastor or shepherd folks that are a burden. It's hard to lead people that don't want you to lead them. Oh, y'all ain't with me. First Timothy 5 and 17, it says, Elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well. That's what he said. I, I didn't say it. He said he got to respect them and pay them. You follow me? He said, elders who do their work well. Now, if I ain't doing my work well, just like on your job, but you don't do your work well, your supervisor, what? Don't pay you well. Right? If, if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, then what? I should not expect to get paid because I'm not doing the job. Now, in the church, Timothy here, he says, the elders, they who do their work well, they should not only be respected, but you should pay them well. You follow me? You see, you, you want to call the pastor late at night, right? But you don't want to pay the pastor. <laughs> I want the pastor to come and, and visit me when I'm in the hospital, right? I even want him to come visit my loved ones who may not even be a member of the church, right? <laughs> I'm just saying that that's what we expect. He said, well, you're the pastor. Well, if we expect him to do these things, we should expect to pay him. Right? <laughs> you get paid on your job when you show up and do your work, don't you? They're just doing their job. The pastor's just doing his job. So he should expect to be paid for doing his job. You follow me? They got bills. Don't think the pastor don't have bills. You follow me? Don't you have bills? Don't you have to pay seal code? <laughs> the pastor got to pay seal code too. They ain't giving him no break. That's why he's a pastor. You, you follow me? It says, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. Pay pastors who work hard. You follow me? At both preaching and teaching. You know, a lot of people think that it's, it's easy to preach the word of God. You know, that's, that's what they think. You know, when you sit down there, you say, like, man, it's easy. I said, don't you know, man, I'm going to tell y'all. So I'm just going to tell you how long it took me to prepare my shirt. That's it. Because I was thinking about it. First, I got to think about what I'm going to say. All right? So that'll take me a few days. I got to ask God to give me direction on what to say, how to say it, how to even put it together so that I can say it to you. You follow me? So that takes a couple days here. If you end up sitting down doing this, you know. I said, I, I, I'm telling you, I'm teaching you. I started that. On Friday, thinking about it on Thursday. I called the pastor to confirm. I said, Pastor, uh, am I supposed to preach Sunday? I said, Yeah, man, it's you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I ain't y'all for me, you know. <laughs> I said, All right, I got to get that thing out here to think about. So come Friday, you know, about 7 or 8 o'clock, I said, I said, Man, let me start to put this together. After I took my shower and everything, you know, I'm thinking in the shower, you know, what I'm going to say. Hey. 
Go to my computer, man, start writing down what what was saying to me. This stuff came to me. So I'm writing it all down, put it on the computer. By the time I look up, it's 12 o'clock. So I spent four hours already, right, preparing what I was going to say. Then yesterday, right, it ain't over yet. So yesterday I said, like, man, let me look back through my notes. So I spent another three or four more hours. You follow me? So here it is. I just spent four days trying to prepare what I'm going to say. So you follow me. It ain't just about getting up here speaking. You got to prepare what you were going to say. And it has to make sense. It takes work to be a pastor. And then teaching on Wednesday night, you know. I mean, I mean, that's got to be your wish, like trying to prepare. You got to prepare for that. You follow me. You got to prepare what he's going to teach and what they're going to say on Wednesday night. So it takes work. So we should pay our pastor. Verse 18 and verse 75, it says, for the scripture says, you must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out corn. Or treads out grain. And in another place, those who work deserve their pay. Or deserve their wages. Don't you expect to get paid when you work? Right? I used to tell people, I said, man, I wouldn't work for Caterpillar if they didn't pay me. I don't love them that much. <laughs> Did you follow that one? So workers deserve their pay. And the pastor deserves their pay. Galatians 6 and 6 says, those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers. That's what it says in Galatians 6 and 6. Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. To share what we have with our past. You know, I remember as a kid, you know, down in the south, down there, you know, they didn't have a lot of money in our church. Now, our church was named Come and See Missionary Baptist Church. It said, Come and See. And uh, so for Christmas, how they would uh, bless my father was, because they didn't have a lot of money, they would bring him a pound of something. Uh, you know, I, we love pinto beans. So they'd bring him a pound of pinto beans from this family. Somebody would bring a pound of peas. Somebody bring some canned goods. You follow me? It wasn't about some money, because they didn't have money. But they would bring him a, a pound of something to help feed his family. See, it ain't all about money, y'all. Always talk about payment. Sometimes, Pastor George, love you, baby, you say, Pastor, I love your family. If you follow me. Sometimes, Pastor, love you, just take them out to give them dinner, give them a gift card. You follow me? It ain't always about the money. But we should always be grateful and thankful for what the man of God does, or what our church leadership does. A good pastor or leader knows and cares for their people. First Peter 5, it says, And now a word to you who are elders in the churches. I too am an elder and a witness to the suffering of Christ. So Peter says, and I too will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world. And as a fellow elder, I appeal to you, care for the flock that God has entrusted you. See, a pastor is supposed to care for his flock. He says, watch over it willingly and not grudgingly. Not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. See, that's what a good pastor, see, they do it willingly. That's what they're going to get. 
You know, because, because the world, you know, he said, he said, they got to preach the word, we want to hear it or not. <laughs> because that's what they've been called to do by God. So they got to preach it in season and out of season, when it's popular, when it's not popular. They're going to preach the word, because that's what God has called them to do. But we should not give them that style look to man, I don't like that message, Pastor Peter now. You know how we get? The man passed all the shut up and shit down, he shouldn't say that. But they must preach and teach the word of God. They must teach and teach the whole Bible, not just the feel good message, but the whole Bible. Because sometimes I need to be corrected. Sometimes I need to get put back on the path and be told, you know, that ain't right, what you have done. See, the, a pastor preaches the whole word of God and they do it willingly. Not for what they can do. Some words of encouragement for the pastor from Joshua. Chapter 1, verse 69. It says, Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I afford to their ancestors. I will give you. This is what God talking to Joshua. He said, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful, Pastor, in everything you do. Spring the leader, he tells us to be strong and courageous. It takes courage to stand in front of people Sunday after Sunday to deliver a message. You follow me? Then it says, the verse 8 says, study the book of instruction continuously. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Pastors spend time studying and meditating because they want, we want to rightly divide the word of truth. You follow me? Because we want to be successful in the ministry that God has given us. Verse 9 and verse 10 says this, and then Joshua chapter 1 says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, Pastor, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Our pastor went to Cincinnati, representing us. You follow me? But when they went down to Memphis, somebody saw the good work. You follow me here? So everywhere our pastor go, he's representing Zion Baptist Church. You follow me here. And when you send someone out as a representative, you want them to represent you well, don't you? You follow me. I don't want someone to represent me that get up there and then they stump. Right? You want someone to get up there and represent you and now they say things that you say. I want you to represent Zion Baptist Church well. You follow me. Amen. Isaiah 41 and and 10 says, don't be afraid, Pastor, for he says, God says, I'm with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. So, so God is going to strengthen you, Pastor. He'll hold you up, even when you become discouraged. Even when we don't act right. If you have not gotten by now, here are a few more reasons why we should honor our pastors and leaders. They visit the sick and the shut-in. 
They preach and teach us the word of God. They put up with unruly or complaining and angry people. Oh yeah, they have to put up with that. They feel like strangers or people in our families they may not know that are not members of our church. They get calls late until the light night when the loved one passes or someone needs prayer. They provide counseling to people they do not know and to members of this church. They call members that are not coming to church or haven't been to church in a while. They are genuinely concerned about the well-being of our members. Not only do pastor leaders receive blessings, but they are a blessing to others. I'll leave you with a couple quotes. Martin Luther King said, Martin Luther King said, a genuine leader is not a searcher for consensus, but a molder of consensus. Leaders instill in their people a hope for success and a belief in themselves. Positive leaders empower people to accomplish their goals. An unknown writer said that. A leader takes people where they want to go. A great leader takes people where they ne don't necessarily want to go, but ought to go. Good leaders deliver results, but great leaders develop people. Good leaders have vision. Great leaders have values. Good leaders are role models at work. Great leaders are role models in life. So you see, my brothers and sisters, we should honor our pastor and our leaders for all the work that they do for us and for the work that God has given them to do. Not only at Zion Baptist, but in this entire community. Amen. Are you ready to honor our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, by accepting him as your personal Lord and Savior? Are you ready? You know, the Philippians writer said in Philippians 2 and 9 through 11, Therefore God elevated him, Jesus, to the place of highest honor, and gave him a name that is above all names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Is there anyone here who do not know our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as their personal Lord and Savior? You may stand. Anyone here that have not accepted Jesus Christ? People are standing, so you can come on down the aisle. The deacons, myself, we all be happy to share with you how you can come to know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We'll wait for you. We got time. There's always time for people to come to know Christ. So if there's any, if there's any please come forward now. Amen. We see that there is none. But thank God for the opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. It's time for our offering. The ushers come forward so we can 
have our offering. Amen. Everyone, please stand.